If you have your Bibles now and you're able to, stay standing and grab them for us. We'll read responsibly Luke chapter number 4 this evening. Luke chapter number 4 this evening, beginning in verse number 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 1. We'll read down through verse number 13 responsibly. I'll begin reading out loud verse number 1. Then you'll join me on verse 2. We'll alternate all the way down to verse number 13. Luke chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hand they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is read, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. When the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Let's pray. Lord, we do love you and we thank you for the word of God. We thank you what you've done in our hearts and in our mind this morning through the preaching and teaching of God's word in Sunday school. The service this morning, thank you for how you minister our heart through the fellowshipping with one another, through the preaching of God's word and the music that was sung and we heard this morning played. Well, we thank you again for all that you do for us. And tonight, may not tonight just be a ritualistic activity that we've found ourselves attending, but Lord, may tonight our heart and our mind be prepared to receive the truth that's been prepared for us. Be with our pastor now. Fill him with your Holy Spirit's power, please. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Keep your Bibles open. We're going to refer to them a good bit tonight. But I'm going to need your attention. I want you to listen. I need you to do something for me. I need you to leave your opinion under your chair. I need you to uh, take what you've been taught before and leave it aside. And let's just take the word of God and let it form what we should think tonight. Man has tried to do all he can to change one another's opinion about this one called the devil. We've turned him into a cartoon character and given him all different kinds of names. It is amazing to me how that evil is so present in our world today that we're numb to it. You don't realize how much evil and Satanism is in the names of things that people play, 
people watch, people do. Let me give you just a few of the names for Satan. Abaddon, Apollyon, Astaroth, Beelzebub, Diablo, Dracula, Loki, Metzuli, Mormo, Pan, Shaitan, Thamuz, Thuth, and Yautzin. Some of those you know, some you don't. It is amazing how common these are. If you went through, and I don't suggest you do it, but they have TV shows, Lucifer, 666, The Beast. I could go on and on and on and on. We are so numb to what the devil has done. Now, man still shows the dark side or the evil side of Satan, but there's also a playful side. It's not so bad. But it's all about how Satan affects man only here on earth. Uh, when I say the word devil, most of you think of a guy in a red suit with a pitchfork and pointed ears. Why? Because we've turned him into a costume. Satan is one of the most Satan is one of the three most powerful beings outside of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Satan was one of the archangels. He was given charge virtually one third of heaven. You had Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. They were all given charge. They answered directly, I personally believe, to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Lucifer, the devil, Satan, is one of the top three most powerful beings in the universe outside of God. That was before the fall, Isaiah 14. That was before hell. Look at Matthew chapter 25, just a few pages back from where you're at, probably 30, 40 pages. Matthew chapter 25, look at verse number 41. Now remember, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, he was one of the three most powerful beings in heaven. He became sinful, full of pride, full of disloyalty, was cast to earth, and God made hell for the devil. Look at verse 41. Watch and pray. Uh, that's the wrong chapter. I'm in chapter 26. Hang on. There we go. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, accursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the who? Devil, devil and his angels. Wow. Hell is a super torture chamber created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for man. When man chose to sin, the Bible says in the Old Testament that hell hath enlarged itself. Hell had to be enlarged because God never intended for man to be there. It was never supposed to be that man would disobey God as the devil did. 
The devil is an eternal being. Many men have come and gone, but the devil has remained the same. Powerful men have risen, powerful men have died. Yet the devil still rules this world. Now, I'm here to say something that may shock you. The devil's not real complicated. He hasn't changed his tactics. He hasn't changed his methods. The devil still uses the same things to ruin man. He just knows where we're weak and how stupid we are. Here's what you've got to understand. There is one character trait about the devil. Uh, I hate using this statement. Don't take it wrongly. I, I admire. He's patient. The devil will wait hundreds of years, thousands of years to change things. It does not bother him to say, okay, we'll wait another generation or two or three or four. But I'm going to put my poke in now. Then I'll just keep poking at it till we wear them down. Maybe the most powerful exchange between the devil and anyone comes here in Luke chapter 4 between Jesus and the devil himself. This may be, in my opinion, this is a uh, power versus power. Uh, This is God the Son versus the archangel. This is the clash of the titans, so to speak. You see, the devil was trying to get Jesus to sin. Look at verse number one in Luke chapter four. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, who was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days, what's the next word? Tempted by the devil himself. Now look at me. He tempts Jesus. That means he's trying to get Jesus to do something that is wrong. Correct? Now, let me make a statement here. Temptation is not sin. Yielding to the temptation is sin. We sing the song often, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. That's true. The temptation is not the sin Yielding to the temptation is sin. Now listen to this. Jesus, being God in the flesh, in the same flesh as I said this morning that we are robed in, Jesus resists these temptations in a body just like yours. I'm going to make a statement that you have to understand. His flesh wanted what the devil had to offer. He had sinful flesh, but he was not sinful. His flesh may want what he had to offer, but the spirit controlled the flesh. Now, I want you to notice something. Jesus is tempted for 40 days, and he fasts the entire 40 days. 
most of you fellas can't go 40 minutes without eating. I know you can't go 40 hours without eating. Jesus went 40 days with no food. Don't you think he was hungry? Now, the temptation was not the sin. Yielding to the temptation. What were these three things that Satan used to tempt Jesus that's recorded here in Luke chapter 4? Let's look at it. First of all, verse number 3. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Now, everybody look at me. Is there anything sinful about turning stones to bread and eating it? Yes or no? No, there's not. Some of you ladies are real good at turning bread into stone. But, uh, ouch. <laughs> Brother Steve's down here. He's, he's half afraid to say what he's thinking right now. I'm not asking either. <laughs> That's why he's got false teeth now. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> now, it, it, there's nothing sinful about eating bread. Now, he had been fasting for 40 days. Don't you think the thought of eating food after 40 days was a pretty powerful thing? Good night. Some of you guys, you can't go from breakfast to, to dinner without coming home angry at the world because you're hungry. What would be wrong or sinful with Jesus turning rocks into bread? Well, here's what is really being said. Satan was telling Jesus to do what he wanted and do what he desired. Didn't matter what God wanted. Do it your way, Jesus. We got too much Burger King Christianity. Have it your way. Be your own man. You don't need God to tell you what to do. Isn't that the same thing he said to Adam and Eve? What do you mean? In the day you eat, you won't surely die. God won't kill you. Matter of fact, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you could be like God, knowing good and evil yourself. You wouldn't even need God. You could be your own God. It is the same temptation 4,000 years later. If it feels good, do it. You're hungry. Satisfy that hunger. It'll make you feel better. Everybody doing okay? Uh, or the famous one that we try to spiritualize. Well, I just feel led. I hate that statement with a passion. I just feel led. Well, you'll never see the Holy Spirit and a feeling going together in Scripture. The Holy Spirit only leads by the word of God, not by a feeling. We are not to trust our feelings because our feelings are sinful. I didn't say feelings are bad, but our feelings are influenced by our sin. God tells us that living to satisfy oneself and our own selfish desires 
is not only fleshly, but it will cause us to be poor and destroy ourselves. Proverbs chapter 21, verse number 7 says this. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them. Uh, That's not it. Verse 17. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. He that loveth pleasure shall be poor. It amazes me how much money people spend to be happy. How much money people spend for sports, uh, video games, uh, entertainment. Look at how, uh, take, your, take your checkbook or your whatever you do online for your checking or whatever, your credit card bills. I wonder if you calculated how much you spend every year just on your pleasure and your entertainment. Well, I can't afford tithe, preacher. Well, you can afford to do this and do that, do this and do that. Well, I just, I, I've got all these, these bills. Why? Because you did nothing but play. <laughs> my dad and brother were going to the Super Bowl or, or had my brother had tickets in Tampa to go to the Super Bowl one year how much did that guy offer my brother on the street for one ticket thousand dollars for one ticket cash standing on the side of the street Masters Golf Tournament was last weekend you know it cost a thousand dollars a person just to go walk around a course watching people play golf Now, I like golf, but there ain't no way I'm doing that. Especially because you can't take the telephone in, can't take the camera, can't take take anything in to the masters. Can't even take a chair. You have to rent everything there. They want your wallet, but they don't want anything else. Now, wait a minute. Look how much is spent on a ball game. Go to a professional ball game one time. You'll pay $20 for a hot dog. I haven't been to a ball game in a long time. Say why? I have better things to do with my money and my time. I'm not saying it's sinful, but I got tired of the atmosphere. I got tired of people spilling beer all over the place and drunks and uh, disrespect. Good night. If I'm going to watch a ball game, I won't pay for it. I'll watch it on stupid TV. I got better seats and better pictures anyway. God tells us that living to satisfy oneself brings poverty. Jesus, you're hungry. Make yourself feel good. Isn't it amazing how much religion is about how people feel? (laughs) Don't get mad at me. I'm going to mention a name. Who's the cow guy? Yeah, Joe Holstein. Joel Holstein's all about how you feel after you give him money. Oh, he's just so inspiring. He makes me feel so good. Yeah, look out. The preacher's not there to make you feel good. Every once in a while, you need a good swift kick in the hindermost parts. 
My dad wasn't there always to make me feel good. Because you're not always going to feel good. In the words of my daughter, from my, from my wife to my daughter, suck it up, buttercup. That's exactly the way it ought to be. There's times you don't feel like it, but nobody else needs to know. Just suck it up and do it. The devil was tempting Jesus with, do what you want to do. Do what makes you feel good. <laughs> the statement we use today, well, as I see it, preacher, well, you might need glasses. You need the glasses of the word of God and the Holy Spirit and don't give a flip what you see. What does God see? Number two. Second thing, look at verse number five. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whosoever I will, I will give it. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, the devil's called the prince and power of the air. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6 for a moment. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse number 11. I referred to this this morning, I believe. If it weren't in here, it was in Sunday school. Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse number 11. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the whom? Devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now watch this. But against principalities. That's government. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You don't know who's running the, the world governments right now. Most of it's being run by multi-billionaires. Paying for things to be done evil. George Soros, Bill Gates, Elon Musk and others. Warren Buffett. I'm not saying those men per se are evil. George Soros is. But what I'm saying is this. Their money influences governments, principalities. Where do you think that term originates? Scriptures. That is a government term. Can I tell you something? He is the prince and power of the air. And he, he doesn't come down because you stubbed your toe or you got a nail in your tire or uh, your puppy dog died. No, he's dealing with governments, wealth that moves the world, spiritual wickedness in very high places. He's the one that's behind the scenes in Hollywood. Reshaping things to bring in the sodomy and the, uh, the filth of our society. Let's remake things that make the devil look like something he's not. Jesus was being tempted by the fact that the devil said, look at all this, I'll give you power to run the whole thing. 
I hold that in my hand, and to whom I will, I give it. <laughs> and Jesus said, you just wait. I'm coming back, and I'll rule it, and I don't need you. I'm not going to have it now, but I will have it. He was tempting Jesus with power that was not his yet to take. Now listen to me very carefully. You can have big power, big positions, big influence if you just sell into the devil for a while. I loved baseball. At the age of 17, had two pro contracts offered to me. Had people tell me, look, go play baseball for years and you'll have a world stage to show everybody you're a Christian. Please don't take this the wrong way. I believe there are saved athletes, but they're not good Christians if they're playing ball on Sunday. Sorry. If you're not going to church and you're playing ball, making money, that's not a good Christian according to God. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. I didn't say they're not saved, but what I'm saying is they're not real good Christians. Just because you can get on TV and say, well, God gave me the ability. Nobody's going to get saved over that. Shoot, they won't even get saved sometimes when you preach the devil out of them. You see, uh, the devil's trying to use positions and power and money to keep people from obeying God. It amazes me how people change as they move up in power and as they move up in positions in different places. I've had a couple offers to get involved in politics. I don't want it. We were in South Carolina and my pastor asked me to get on the businessmen's boards association and be, a, be neighborly down there. And uh, I was meeting with what, what would be the, the next mayor of the city of Charleston. He said, I need you to come on board. And uh, he said, you could be the next mayor of this town. I said, don't want to be. I said, I'd, I wouldn't step down. He said, what do you mean step down? I said, I'd have to step down from being a man of God to being a politician any day. Doesn't matter if it's city. Doesn't matter if it's state. Doesn't matter if it's federal. I'm not going to do it. I've had many politicians that I've met through the years. Look, you can come help me. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do it. I got a church to run. That's more important. <laughs> I won't say what, why, when, where, how, to what extent. But I remember at one point in time, I was in a church that was changing, and the current administration, he said, other than pastor in this position, you name me the position, and I'll keep you here, and you can have whatever you want. As all I could think was, let me show you all the kingdoms of this world and I'll give you power. I said, and I slammed my hands down on the table. I said, I will not be bought with a position. I refuse it. That same man offered a preacher that I know $25,000 to come 
$50,000 just to spend two days there and preach so that it could look like he put his seal of approval on them. He said, I won't be bought out for $50,000. And they said, you realize you're only the, the only one to turn the money down so far? Watched a lot of my friends change. Folks, if I'm going to change, it's going to be for more than $50,000. But I ain't changing. You don't have 50 enough of any number to make me change. The advertisement industry, it's all about how you feel. Did you ever notice where they put the candy at the grocery stores and all the stores? So when the kid's in the cart, guess what they're grabbing at? So while you're standing there waiting... You're grabbing it and putting it into your stuff. They know where to put it. Ouch. Number three. Satan then tells Jesus, look at verse number nine. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. That's the highest point. And said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from thence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. Isn't it amazing how the devil knows the Bible better than most Christians? And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He said, Look, Jesus, we're up here. Just jump off and God will send angels to catch you before you hit the ground. Hmm. Could Jesus have done it? Yes. But what was the devil saying? Oh, do what you want. God will forgive you for it. <laughs> Let's see what God will do if you mess up. You say your God can do anything. Prove it. Boy, have I heard that more than once. Or go ahead and trust God 100%, but I guarantee you're going to fail. Isn't it amazing how as we grow in the Lord, people who hate God don't think God can do what God said he could do? <clears throat> Satan was trying to force God to do something that God said he could do, but that he did not have to do. I wonder how many times God's protected us from wrong happening. I wonder how many car accidents we missed because we were obedient to God. Amen. Man, I've been through a lot of situations that had I not been held up just a few seconds, and I was frustrated as all get out. I'll never forget it. I was, uh, I was working like a dog, and I was going to drive back. I got a couple days off, had a long weekend. I was going to drive home, and I got called to a man's office. After chapel, I was going to leave. I was in a hurry. I had six, eight hour drive to get back to Ohio to see my mom and dad. I hadn't seen them in months. Back then, you didn't have cell phones. You had to carry quarters in your shoe or in your car just to make a phone call, just a collect call even. Amen. Or you had that little credit card that had the 
4,267 numbers on it that you had to dial to get cheaper minutes on long distance. Yeah, I remember what that was. Now, wait a minute. I remember being in that man's office thinking, if you would just hurry up, I need to get on the road. I need to get on the road. I got to hurry. I really want to get going. I want to get home. I want to eat some real food. I remember leaving a little frustrated. I got just east of Merrillville, out on Route 30, headed towards Canton. Got just outside of Merrillville, and uh, between Merrillville and Valparaiso, and there's a, a crossroad there on Route 30. And there was a tractor trailer that was coming. Uh, it would have been westbound on Route 30. Somebody was going northbound on that crossroad and decided it could beat the tractor trailer and didn't make it. And that car was all mangled up, and the, car, and the car was underneath, right in front of the back wheels, underneath that thing. I was the second car there. I didn't hear it take place, but everything's still steaming and smoking, and the truck driver's still sitting in the car like in the truck like this. I jumped out, and there was a guy standing up next to the car that was underneath, and I said, "Is everybody okay?" And he turned his head and he threw up. He said, don't look in there. I looked in there. The person had been decapitated. Their head was not in the front seat. It was in the back. I didn't throw up. Police finally came and I jumped back in my car and I took off. Let me tell you, I stayed awake the whole trip. I got back in my car and I said, God, thank you. That could have been me around this area at that time. It could have been me. I wasn't so mad at the guy that called me to his office. That's one out of many instances. You see, here's the sermon. How did Jesus... Respond to the devil. He uses the same temptations on us, but how did Jesus respond to the devil and successfully not sin? Let me show you. We see in verse number three, and the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone to be made bread. And Jesus answered saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread or pleasure alone, but by every word of God. Key statement there, it is written. If the Savior needed to use the word of God to battle the devil, what match do we think we are without the Bible? You are not going to win the, win the battle over the devil because, well, I have strong willpower. I've helped many people quit drinking. I've helped many people quit smoking. Quit dipping, chewing, sniffing, and snuffing, and everything else. It's not a 10-step, 2-step, 8-step, 6-step program. I'll guarantee you won't... <laughs> don't get mad at me. I don't know if this is your sin. If it is... I'm preaching at you, I guess. I don't know. But before you suck on a cigarette or you take a, 
uh, wad of chew or snuff, how about you bow your head and say, Lord, would you bless this to the nourishment of my body? And then read 15 minutes in the Bible before you do it. I'll promise you, you won't do it again. So I, I just can't kick the habit because you're trying to kick it instead of letting the word of God kick it out of you. I don't care what habit it is. I, I want a sodomite to Christ in Indiana. An amazing story. I said, before you go into these places that you used to go, I gave him a Bible out of my cabinet and said, you sit down on the curb outside and read this book for 15 minutes and then try to go in. <laughs> One of the assistant pastors said, remember that guy you walked down the aisle a couple weeks ago? He said, yeah. I said, he said, I saw him sitting outside one of these filthy places reading his Bible. He came to my office the very next service. He said, he said, I just couldn't go in. He said, every time I read my Bible, I couldn't go in. I said, that's how you're going to change. By the way, by the time I left Indiana, he had walked seven people down the aisle and brought them to Christ. I guess if God could change somebody like that, he could change you. But it's not a matter of you changing you. It's a matter of the word of God changing you and you obeying it. By the way, every word. Notice what God says here. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. When's the last time you read every word? Of God. According to Luke chapter 16, verses 11 through 13, just turn over a few pages there, the devil is the prince and power of the air. Luke chapter 16, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can be uh, served two masters, and I think I wrote the wrong verses down there, uh, but watch this, for you will either love the one and hate the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You're not going to live a double life. You're either going to hold to one or hold to the other, and, and the word of God is that which is going to kick it out of you of letting the world control you. If Jesus himself needed the word of God to defeat the devil, what chance do we have without the word of God? May I say this as kindly as I know how? That's why the issue of the Bible is such a big issue to me. Because if you don't have the true word of God, guess what? You don't have the ability to fight the devil. He's given you blanks. Number two, verse number seven, he said, uh, verse number six, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I'll give it to you. If therefore you will worship me, all shall be thine. Verse number eight, Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is what written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt Thou serve. Can I tell you something? We're not supposed to be worshiping the, the positions of life. The power of life. Turn to Luke 16. 
I'm sorry, John 16. Not Luke, John 16. John 16, verse number 14. John 16, look at verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Spirit of truth. That sounds like the word of God, right? Huh. Is come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Guess what? If you want the things that God has for you, you're going to have to do it God's way. John 3, 22 through 24. We're not going to take time to turn there. But God says that we're not to worship ourselves in our way. We're to worship God in spirit and in truth. Isn't it amazing how deceived we are? Gun control, gun control, gun control. Guns are killing people. No, people kill people. I've had guns my whole life. From the day I was born, there were guns in my home. There's never been a gun kill anybody by itself. I love the fact this this last week, one of the gun makers had to go to court. They won their court case based on the fact that they said this. Did the weapon perform wrongly? They said, no, it fired appropriately. Then don't blame me for the person that pulled the trigger. If the weapon misfired and someone was hurt, you you have a lawsuit. But the weapon did what it was made to do, it fired. The person holding it was the problem, not the weapon. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. If I pulled a gun out and put it here, it would sit there and it would never hurt anybody till somebody picked it up and pointed it at somebody and pulled the trigger. The gun itself won't hurt anybody. It's people that kill people, not guns. You know, more people are killed by drunk driving than killed by guns. You know, more people, almost five times as many people die of cancer by smoking than die by gunfire. How come we're not... uh, Outlawing cancer sticks, cigarettes, or alcohol for drunk driving. Yeah, I can go on and on and on and on. Isn't it amazing we pick what we want to avoid the rest of it? You see, that's why Jesus said, it is written. It is written. And if we don't have the right Bible, you don't have the right writing. Oh, we know smoking causes cancer, bad lungs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, look how many people do it in spite of all that. Well, it's not going to happen to me. Right. Uh, Man's versions of God's words are only going to give you a sinful translation of God. You cannot improve on God's words. I think a God great enough to create the earth and to give us a word of God, no man needs to fiddle with it. God knew how to say what man needed to hear. 
There has to be in every word Bible somewhere or God's a liar. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I didn't say it, he did. Number three, Jesus tells him then not to tempt God. Look at verse number 11. And in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt bear thy foot against a, or dash thy foot against stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Well, can I tell you something? We keep tempting God by how we disobey him. Turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Look at verse number 30. John chapter 20, verse number 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. What book? The Bible. But these are written that, we, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. By the way, his name, according to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14, and verses 1 through 3, and the book of Revelation, his name is the Word of God. Hmm. The devil is no match for God. God already defeated the devil. He cast him out of heaven and created hell for him. Did you know God's already got the victory over the devil? Then why do we want to listen to him? Why would you want to listen to someone who's a loser? How about we listen to the victor, not the loser? I'll read one other verse and I'm done. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him. Notice the next three words. For a season. For a season. That means this. You may whip the devil once. He's going to lick his wounds and come back. He doesn't give up. A season is just a, a few months. It's a short period of time. It didn't say that the devil left for good. It said he departed for a season. Then he's going to come back and hit it again. There's one thing about the devil. He's got a lot to get up after he's been kicked down. Thank God Jesus is eternal. Liquor is only lasts a season. Tobacco only lasts a season. Immorality only lasts a season. Bitterness only lasts a season. Anger only lasts a season. But may I say something? It is written, lasts forever. It lasts forever. The same old devil, same old tactics. The only way you're going to whip him is the same way Jesus did. And that's by living, not just quoting the word of God. I don't care how much you know of it, how much you're doing of it. 
I know people on death row that can quote that book better than a lot of people. Not going to change the fact what they did wrong. Just because you can quote it doesn't mean you're living it. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. I wonder how, if we went home and started looking at all the evil influences of the devil in our homes, and if we cleaned it out and started letting the Holy Spirit and the Word of God influence us right. I wonder how powerful that would be. Clean up our music. Clean up what we watch. Clean up what we play. Clean up our entertainment. Clean up our thinking. Clean up what we read. Clean up our internet.